If you'd like to support this and future episodes of this podcast series, please buy Richard D. Candle's book, Toughest School in North America, available through Amazon worldwide, anywhere in print or electronic format. Back to the podcast. Hey, everybody, it's uh, Pierre again uh, with Richard D. Candole, and we have a special treat where um, we've uncovered a diary uh, that was written contemporaneously, very close to the fact of a trip in 1965 from Fort William to Winnipeg, known as the Grand Portage. And uh, Richard's going to take us through. Uh, his writing the trip, and we're going to talk about the Grand Portage in this multi-part webcast. Richard? Thank you, uh, Pierre. Yes, I, I should start by saying um, the Grand Portage was my second most favorite trip uh, after the uh, Montreal to New York one. But there's just, as readers and listeners will discover in hearing this podcast, there's just so much rich detail, uh, and it's such a wonderful country that we were uh, paddling through. The, the Precambrian Shield, Critical Park, um, it, it, everybody, all canoeists rave about it as, a, as the beauty of the, of the land and the lakes and flora and fauna, all that. But let's start. Um, and this trip, of course, all the canoe trips began in early June. June 18, 1965, we loaded the bus carrying two canoes, personal packs, and boys, and departed around 3 p.m., headed for Kenora, which we arrived at at 5 p.m., where we had a 20-minute break. Dinner was at 8 p.m. at Dryden. 1 a.m., we arrived at Chippewa Park in Fort William and slept under the stars. We were right beside the lake. The lake was dead calm. With us on that trip were five canoes, uh, the John West, the Ray Boeuf, the Bud, Henry Bud, Peguis, and the Jacques Marquette. Saturday, wow. June 9th. So let's let's start with Friday, that Friday night, open house. Uh, when we left, we didn't leave. Of course, I did your trip 10 years uh, hence. And we actually drove all night and got to the park uh, in Fort William. I, I seem to remember almost at uh, the break of dawn. So, you know, yeah. and my God, if uh, PJ had been leading your trip and it was dead calm on Lake Superior, uh, you know, you would have been paddling. Off you go. Too <laughs> sweet. Um, yeah. I, uh, I'm 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 not sure why we left um, basically in in well I'd say the middle of the day but or 3 p.m. Um, because uh, two at least two other trips we drove all night and started out the next morning um, so it was more common for some reason to 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 travel overnight but there we go it may have been that open house at the time wasn't as big a deal as it um, got to be it, it, to be honest if I if it, if it was a Friday, that was not open house. 
I, I, ah, I, that's I'd true. To, I'd have to look at my other <laughs> letters uh, to or other sources to figure out. We definitely had an open house, and it would have been Saturday in my mind. It wasn't a Sunday. Anyway, interesting. Good point. Good point. Anyway. I, my on. open house was, uh, yeah, carry on, please. Saturday. Saturday, June 19th. Up at 6 a.m., quick wash and breakfast, trip, uh, and enjoyed the trip diet, which breakfast, most part, was porridge, uh, click, or what we call spam fried um, luncheon meat. And then we'd always have tea, and they provided sugar and uh, dried milk, powdered milk to go with it. And that was breakfast pretty well every day uh cleaned up the site and and packed up our gear and then we had to fetch the three other canoes uh and the food down the road uh, which took about an, an hour and a half uh we, we were spent most of the time waiting for the food repackaging into the food boxes 9 a.m set out on a break until 2 p.m we remet at the fort williams cpr station uh, Leonard and Mandel and I hitchhiked downtown, wandered around Port Arthur uh, docks for that time. 2 p.m., the truck was back at the campsite. Weather forecasts for the day blowing at 20 miles per hour from the southeast, which meant a headwind. And they were expecting a storm at noon the following day, Sunday. Had dinner, loaded the canoes, and planned to paddle to last light. Mr. Byfield steered my canoe, the John West. I was in the bow. We paddled off to Whiskey Jack Point and then past McNabb Point, rounded Squaw Bay, and camped on the south side of Russell Point beside uh, an abandoned fishing boat. Mount McKay was nearby. I was assigned to put up tents. It was around 10 p.m. Wow. So you, I got lots of comments here. I mean, A, you have tents. Yeah. Wow. We had tarps. Just, you know, you you basically, everybody had a tarp and you had a buddy that you put two tarps together and there you go. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, those tents were heavy, heavy canvas and they got wet. So they were... Not much fun portaging, uh, but good ballast, I guess. Uh, but we had, well, they were like six man tents. And of course we were boys, so you could squeeze eight, maybe or seven into them. There was you know, I, I like the tarps. I mean, I like, yeah. I, I'm thinking between the tent, you're right. You wanna, you wanna be light and uh, anything yeah. canvas got very heavy. I mean, yeah. even your duffels would get soaked. Yeah. Uh, and get extremely heavy and then you guys actually camped on lake superior i mean i remember when we did it yeah. we made a point of uh getting through lake superior quickly because of the danger quite yeah, honestly no. well um uh just the way it unfolded uh, and of course the tents also had metal poles so that even added uh <laughs> to the weight you know it was ridiculous when you think about it not to mention thunderstorm fun yeah. Yeah. Um, no wonder Byfield put you on that duty. Anyway, <laughs> Sunday, 
June 20th, awoke 4.30 a.m. after experiencing a the famous Lake Superior all-night thunderstorm. Kept awake by crash of thunder, but at least we were dry inside our tent. A thick fog covered the lake. And it was near freezing temperatures. The water was very cold, extremely cold. Set out in the fog, traveling by compass. Hit each point by following the south shore of each point for 15 minutes, then head due south to the next point. Skirted several points, including Mink, and went till we reached Caldwell. By that time, the fog lifted, the sun shone through, warmed us. Our hands got had got extremely cold. Then the fog returned and it became chilly once again. We we're heading for Pine Point on the north side. Uh, with the shore of the, uh, the shore of Pigeon Bay, unprotected by islands, the wind was coming up. Rough crossing to Pigeon Point, crossed into the USA and started around the south side. The wind blowing up, halfway along Forest Beach, and we became windbound. The last boat just made it in. Slept for the rest of the day and dried out. The distance from Grand Portage now was eight miles. Wow. Was Peter Jackson in your brigade? He was. <laughs> yes. I'm not no, in my I'm canoe. asking seriously. I, not I, in my canoe, but he was he was in one of the other boats. Yes. He was Oh, uh, so he actually so he experienced this. No wonder he drove us so hard through Lake Superior. I mean, my yeah, God. I don't know what the distance, I, that's horrible. I don't know. The distance, uh it sounds like you uh 20 miles. Did, did, I, I was gonna say 30, but anyway. If you think it was only 20, uh, I mean, a 30 mile is a, a long day. But if the weather, if the wind was in your favor or there was calm, you could. Well, if you start in the morning and you make it before the winds kick in yeah. late, and I mean, the wind, you yeah. know how it is. The winds really and, do kick in uh, around one or two. Yeah. Uh, sure. As you experienced. But yeah, you don't mess around with Lake Superior. I no. mean, that's, we, they drove that into us at least. Yeah. Uh, getting on that so i you know it, wow yeah anyway great well it's good to know that pj that jackson was on this trip because now i really you know you learn a lot <laughs> yeah i assume it <laughs> i i even by the time you did it with him i assume he'd done it several times it's hard to I, oh I, yeah I, I and you're right that he would be um paying very close attention to how best to tackle these various bumping lakes and parts of the trip where you know you can bog down and you don't really want to waste time uh, you can avoid it well on superior along the way as you know the it's the the cliffs uh there's some really really amazing uh topography as you make your way down yeah. to grand portage as i remember uh really a lot of uh you know little beaches little coves um you know, sandstone type cliffs. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember, but it, I, well, I do remember it was really nice. It's the very southern edge of the Precambrian Shield, which just drops off into the lake, essentially. Um, and something you don't note here is that we drank the water. I mean, yes. we didn't carry our no. own water. We um, carried a mess tin, or at least I carried a mess tin. You'll be interested not to to, to get too far ahead that. We had to deal with not clean water later on. 
Oh yeah, no, no, I know that, but at least this part of the trip, yeah, from and, Superior to Rainy River, yeah. is pretty is very good. Once you hit Rainy River, that's what you know. We'll get there. Yeah, but you know, right now you guys are still slogging on Lake Superior. <laughs> uh, eight miles to go, Pierre. It's, it's you know eight miles is a long doable, way. Doable. Uh, sun uh, Monday, June twenty first, six a.m. start. Follow the shore in the lee of. Susie, not sure what that is. Sun shining approached Wawaganish Bay, south and stony on the front quarter. Crossed the reach to Hat Point. Stopped to check conditions in Grand Portage Bay. Decided to risk dumping, otherwise we'd have to portage and skirt around. Uh, in any case, we skirted around and arrived at Grand Portage at 8 a.m. So we, did we take, I mean, I guess, was it two full days, I guess? And you only took one. That's right. We, uh, we got there early in the morning. And as I remember, um, I think I, you know, I may be delusional, but I remember us sleeping the first night, either at Grand Portage or having done the Portage. Oh, not the first night. Yeah, not no. We met, but I think we made it to uh, yeah. we made it to Grand. Portage so your first campsite there. was Grand Portage. Yeah, and then we made it to the uh, we yeah the, the next night. We, you yeah for the sure. The next night we were we were able to get through. Uh, continuing unloaded, prepared, carrying packs at a fifteen minute break. Um, Cooper and I set out together, each with a pot pack and two personal packs. Passed within a half an hour of all the other crews. Um, Mosquitoes were thick, always around plaguing us, continually up and down. So stop. I should say something to yeah. stop you because I don't think you said anything. So now you're getting up. You've slept at Grand Portage. No, we got. Oh. We slept two hours earlier, or, or campsite two hours. Or, sorry, we, we paddled for two hours. Now you're doing the portage. Yeah. Now you're now you're doing the nine mile portage that the trip was named after the Grand. You're right. I just want to make that yeah. <laughs> point. <laughs> this is what yeah. you live for. This yeah. is it. This is no. like the big, bo you know, this is the moment that like when you go to sleep at night, in your little, you know, bunk bed, you're yeah. thinking, okay, when the time comes, you know, yeah. will I be up to the challenge? Am will I, I mad? Will I be up to the task? Um, am <laughs> I mad enough? Am I man enough? <laughs> exactly. And this is like the, I just wanted to highlight, this is the moment where you're setting off on that nine mile schlag. Yeah. Where you're asking yourself that question, Richard. <laughs> um, I think I was up to the task. It was my third trip. <laughs> um. Stopped uh, once at a bridge, finally arrived at the old highway, which I don't remember, by the way. Uh, walked uh, for three and a half miles all the way up and down. Stopped for 20 minutes. Um, Mr. Byfield, Wilson and arrived and also Tracy Two's canoe crew. And he was, by the way, the, the fastest canoe crew. So they were doing pretty well because they caught up to individuals. 
four traveled four of us traveled together one long hill crossed a, ro a logging road followed level trail for two miles and then reached the swamp there was a thin walkway across of that which we traveled on for an hour finally reached the forks um, and arrived at Fort Charlotte which is on the Pigeon River lost Mr. Byfield and Cooper and Wilson they they were ahead finally reached Fort Charlotte about 2 p.m. sorry must have <laughs> Tracy too came one hour later with a canoe we decided to then carry water back up the trail because there there'd been no places to draw water along the whole route. The brigade was all split apart, travelers in groups, very hot afternoon, many mosquitoes. Mr. McCormack was way behind with his canoe or his crew. And we called the border patrol, thinking the canoe carriers might have taken off, but really they just doubled up with a new, another canoe. By 11 o'clock Monday night, everybody had crossed. Uh, except one canoe that was had been left four miles back on the trail, which then cost us another three hours the next morning to go and retrieve it. The terrible night, hot and many many mosquitoes. Again, Peter Jackson would not have failed in this way. When we went across, when we went across, I carried a canoe and that was my task, and that was it, baby. I mean, the point was getting everybody across. And, you know, starting off at 8 a.m. and finishing off at 11, my God. But yeah. it is. It's like it's horrendous conditions. It's really hot. The mosquitoes and black flies are uh, amazing. I mean, just, you know, it's very, it's, yeah, it's so bad. And, but I, like you, I remember the boardwalk. Yeah. Vividly. I, I, I guess it was, had been built in modern times for canoeists. You know, recreational. Well, I mean, yeah. I would imagine they put wood there as soon as they, you know, just to get across that swamp. I mean, <laughs> you'd think after a while, right? They take, I mean, that trail, the, the that trail right there, the Grand Portage has been used. I mean, you've yeah. been reading up a lot on it. Yeah. Um, it's used, you know, it's it, definitely historic until um, the fort got moved up north into Canada from the US, yeah. right? When they settled the border dispute. Well, I think I um, America, Americans, like Americans have always used it, canoeists, you know, Minnesotans. Anyway, it's a, a very popular uh, true route. And there, I was looking at um, the Pigeon River um, from Lake Superior up to Fort Charlotte. And there's, um, I think I figured there were something like six waterfalls and four or five major rapids in that six mile stretch. So you weren't, I mean, you know, to be getting in and out, portaging and all the way up would have been, this was a lot simpler, I guess, because it was basically a, a, a fairly level walk once you're up on top, all the way across, and then you drop down to the uh, uh, pigeon. Port Charlotte. Uh, Port Charlotte, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, the nights too. I remember like one of the things that I, did you guys have sleeping bags back in the sixties? Oh yeah. <laughs> they got wet. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, don't you remember getting a mosquito stuck in your bag? 
I mean, they right. You're you're sitting. You you know, they decide to join you inside. It was amazing. Uh, I mean, it was just horrendous. More buzzing around your head. I mean, we'd wake up, our our faces just swollen and blotched by bites. (coughs) Some mornings. So, would you like to continue, or do you want to? uh... Uh, June twenty second, six a.m. A crew at uh, 6 a.m. A crew of 16 of us went back for the last canoe and arrived back at 10 a.m. Had breakfast and the first two crews set out as a beautiful morning. Arrived at Partridge Falls and portaged around it. 11 a.m. Met some swift water, very shallow bottom. And we, from there, we pushed the canoes up the Partridge Rapids. Two hours of pushing through chilly water. Tough going, tiresome work. At 2 p.m., the West, which is my boat, first reached South Fowl Lake and the Portage, which was the lunch stop. Crossed, crossed the that afternoon and to the she- uh, to the end where there was a sheer cleft with a narrow, dangerous trail. Bottom of huge boulders and driftwood. Crossed South Fowl Lake to North Fowl Lake and arrived at Moose Lake Portage, where we camped at the end of the portage. Beautiful mountain, Moose Lake. With light rains had begun to fall, but we put in a good day. Health excellent, but many swollen faces, arms from mosquito and black fly bites. <laughs> what we were saying, yeah, what I was saying previously. Yeah. Um, you know, this has been great. I mean, I think um, we got some good stuff here uh, about the trip and you actually, we made it through the Grand. I, I have to say seeing Partridge Falls uh, was so beautiful. And immediately afterwards, that stretch of river when you tra- you have to track up was like being in a washing machine. I've never had my jeans that clean ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's it's beautiful country. It was swift, swift flowing. But I think it was, yeah, you know, barely knee deep, wasn't it? I wasn't overly deep, but man, you, it was tough going. It'd go up to your, you know, I mean, I'm short. Up to your crotch, maybe. So it would go up to my chest. Oh, but, really? Uh, okay. Uh, well, I'm not that short. It'd go up to your crotch. But it, it might have, you know, different, different, uh, might have been as not as snowy a winter. And so there wasn't as much runoff when you were um, going through that year. Also, time of year mattered. I mean, like you said, um, yeah, yeah. Well, you were saying. I mean, let's close on this. You, you had been. You were saying earlier uh, that you had been reading about uh, the voyageurs and how uh, you know time of year really matters in terms of water. But what one thing we never did was really go up river. I mean, I imagine the pigeon was the closest thing uh, up to the height of land. But right. by and large, right. No, uh, you were. Um, I, I, I mean, I did five canoe trips, and the first one was downhill all the way from the Rocky Mountains to Lake Winnipeg. It was just a straight, boring Saskatchewan River. I mean, there were rapids here and there. Uh, the 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 next trip from Lake Winnipeg out to um, Hudson Bay, uh, it was lakes, and then there was a a little bit of um, uphill but very it was actually a river called the eshemanish 
which flows both directions. It's kind of weird. So it was almost dead flat. And then it, it fed into, I think there was a little bit of a portage, and then you, you jumped into the Hayes River, which runs all the way to Hudson Bay. So we just went down that. There was lakes and whatnot along, along the way. Got trip. And then the Grand, like you say, uh, uphill on the, on the pigeon. And we did that, you know, most brigades probably barely spend four hours on that river because you've done the big portage and then you're up to lakes, um, almost right away, South File Lake. And it, you know, it ends up being a, I mean, it's just an endless series of delightful small lakes, short portage and other little lakes, more short portage and sometimes a lily pond and a short portage. It was interesting later on. We used to go in, in groups of two uh, canoes because it got so congested at the uh, portage uh, um, starting point, uh, just getting through and all the gear that had to be thrown out, getting the canoes out. So we, we would go as a, in sort of, I'm not quite single file, but only a lag behind a, a little bit just so that we weren't all arriving and trying to get across this thin little trail on a boardwalk sometimes. Um, well, the logistics of portaging, uh, if you look at it, I mean, I, I slagged on Byfield again for his organizational skills, but <laughs> it really it actually makes a big difference when you're doing a brigade. Uh, of course, I'm speaking as an old man now, but, yeah. um, you know, it does make a big difference how you organize yourself and like on portaging and uh, getting across, uh, being effective. Uh, one of the first things I ever learned it, uh, at St. John's uh, canoeing was where to find my socks in the morning. Bottom of your sleeping in other bag, words, usually. I, I well, you put them, you, you have a, you get a system. Yeah. You have to have a system. Yeah. No, I, I agree. No. Uh, losing gear. I mean. Oh, you can't do it. There's wow. no wood gear. Who's how are you going to get a replacement? You know, wow. and I'm sure there have been kids uh, you know, who have lost their shoes and yeah. been without shoes for a while. They don't carry spares. No. So, well, anyway, remember. Richard, I'm going to close this off. Uh, yeah. And, uh, we can. Well, we get into a good part in the next uh, few days.